are back once again. Feels good to be home. And I like this new, like, let the music play a little longer than it used to thing. Just feels good, man. Uh, what episode are we on now? I think 87. I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow my gut and say 87. Um, how you feeling, man? Oh, I'm good. Yeah. Um, it's your boy Jay, Mark Figueroa in the building, and this is the ATP podcast around the post. What's on your mind, man? What's going on? Well, I did promise I'd give a shout out. So um, we went to a wedding and uh, of a former player of mine. Yeah. And uh, technically, I, two former players. Two former players, exactly. Yeah. So congrats to them. And then I saw a, a former uh, valedictorian that used to play for me as well. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Tina Bui. She's one of my favorites. So hey. I told her I gave her a shout out. Nice. Yeah, you had a lot of uh, your uh, protégés and former players there in the building at the wedding. Uh, Dat has actually been on an episode of this podcast. So, that is correct. You know, I forget that sometimes. But yeah, you know, shout out to all them. Congratulations on the wedding and the lifelong union of two tennis athletes there you go there's love outside of tennis <laughs> Al's corny alright uh, so what's going on in the world of tennis man the Australian Open is over I don't think have we talked about how it ended on an episode already we did okay yes. cool but um, we're gonna start off with uh, the athletes fall from grace now mm. we have uh, Roger Federer who has been uh, he hasn't been playing but he is, as of uh, the end of the Australian Open, number 30 in the world. Mm. That's the lowest he's been in 15 years. Uh, we don't know if he's going to come back or at mm. what capacity, but what are your thoughts on his drop? Um, you know, it can sound daunting because it's Roger Federer, but if you're going to be real with you, a lot of our Hall of Famers, our legends, they've gone through this exact process way worse, you know? Do you remember the multiple times Serena's ranking dropped outside on the top 50, you know, and she became that dark horse in the tournament where, you know, she is a top 10 player in theory, but she's unseated. You know, that happened multiple times. So assuming Federer does come back in some capacity healthy, I think that he'll have no problem bouncing back because at the end of the day, as long as he doesn't draw a top four seed, he still is favored and then he'll just take over their route to the final so I'm not too concerned for him. I'm not, I don't think this is truly a quote unquote fall from grace. I remember, um, was it Agassi or Sampras? One of them was like way outside yeah. the rankings. Outside the top 200. Yeah. Agassi. Yeah. And you know, he's still Agassi, you know, so you got to respect people who know how to win and you can't worry about the numbers too much. So I'm not too worried for him. Specifically, with, with all the with the knee problem and all yeah. that, this being perhaps his last year, if he comes back at Wimbledon, mm. are you still not afraid that he may get a tough draw? I think he will get a tough draw, no matter what his ranking is, because he's if he's not top four um, in this day and age. I mean, there's smoking difficult opponents in the top thirty right now. If you're at Wimbledon, so. For me, I personally just want to assume that he's going to have a tough, he's going to have a very tough time no matter what happens. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Now, another one that has truly fallen. Now, we have to take into consideration because of the COVID, there was protective rankings, Mm -hmm. but now all that is over. Yeah. So, Wanda has 
truly fallen from grace is Naomi Osaka. <sighs> she is number 85 in the world. Mm. She could not defend the, the points from the Australian Open, losing in the third round, and mm. then she was a champion. Mm-hmm. And she didn't play all those majors, so there was a lot that she couldn't defend. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on her? Do you think she can come back to top form? Um, if she can play a full schedule, I think that her rankings will fly back up. But here's what I want to ask you. So, for example, we know with like the Murray situation, we know what his actual ranking is. And then we know what even he stated his true performance level is. He said that he was, you know, this is about a month ago. He said he's playing at top 20s level. Yes. If you were to see Osaka play, what would you say is her current level of play? What ranking range? Honestly, she is playing at a high level. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's probably playing top 20 to me, to tell you the truth. Yeah. That match with Anna Samova was just, uh, it was a war. Yeah. And they both hit well. So I think she's playing top 20 ball for sure. Yeah. So it sounds to me like this is more of a scheduling issue than an actual skill issue. She just needs to play more tournaments and be out there consistently, you know? Yes. I think that'll make all the difference. So. And we also have uh, Serena Williams who's outside the top 150 in the world. Now, she missed the Australian Open due to injury. She hasn't been playing because of what happened at Wimbledon. Mm -hmm. Uh, If she comes back, do you think she can get into top form? With Serena Williams, I can never truly doubt her, especially because just, what was that Australian Open before last? We're talking a year ago, essentially, she looked like a top five player. Right. Top five. So I'm not going to count out Serena Williams until she shows me completely otherwise. And I know that of all female players, she's one of the few who I know trains like a machine when it's time to. She can really transform her body and her mind state when she really wants to. So assuming she's still motivated the way I hope she is, I think she'll be back. Um, she's She gives me like young Serena gives me like soccer vibes, you know, like physically just pushing herself coming out and the last thing you got to worry about is her stamina or strength out there you've never thought that's a concern you know she's had some weird moments in her career where you she looks slow but that previous australian open i want to say 2021 she looked amazing so to be exact she's 244 in the world mm-hmm. serena williams yeah and we have venus who is outside the top 400 She's 467 in the world. She is 40 years old. Not that that matters because look at Federer. But what are your thoughts on Venus Williams? Venus is a different story. You know, it's the immune system disorder mixed with the age, mixed with, you know, small injuries here and there. That one's tougher. Obviously, within the last three, three or four years, she made a deep, deep run at the Australian, I believe it was. You know, she's still a phenomenal athlete, but I don't I don't know what her new top level is going to be. I can't say that I really think that it's going to be her returning to the, that form again. I think that she still is an excellent player. You know, like doubles, she's a threat. I think singles, she's still someone to watch out for. But I just don't see her as a slam winner. So I just can't imagine her beating some of these younger players who are just relentlessly on every ball every time. So I have a little bit less hopes for her playing a two-week-long tournament. Yes, uh, being outside the top 
125 they're gonna have to get wild cards so Mm -hmm. but them being former champions everywhere that's not a problem yeah uh serena i actually i don't know if she can get into top form Mm -hmm. and venus is as you stated is probably going to be a little bit uh worse yeah for her to get into top form but it is serena williams and you never know what can happen with her so yeah moving on nadal's schedule now he is he's already stated that because of the foot he is going to take a light schedule and he's been relentless in the schedule that he's taken Mm -hmm. and he's been very stubborn but normally he plays in mexico he loves playing in mexico Mm -hmm. before going to indian wells yeah and indian wells is going to be in march again as it normally is Mm -hmm. but he's actually saying that he may skip mexico and then just go straight to indian wells Mm. before mexico he's not uh scheduled to play any tournaments at all yeah. so he's taking february off mm. what are your thoughts on the new scheduling of rafael nadal um i think that he's treading lightly you know i think he didn't well we heard in his press conference he didn't think he'd be playing tennis at a high level again potentially you know they were struggling a lot with figuring out the ailments with the foot and the different injuries and stuff so it's good to hear that he does think he can perform at a high level because that means he's going to take his schedule more seriously than before. Because after winning the Australian, not only does that mean he was in that tournament longer than expected, playing more tennis than expected, he's actually got serious eyes on winning Indian Wells, which is a Masters 1000. So I think he's doing the right decision. I think he should pace himself, make sure the body's where it needs to be, take that momentum with you. A lot of times the guys who go really deep in the Australian... That momentum follows them in Indian Wells. So I'm looking forward to seeing him do well there. Acapulco, that's the tournament, right? Yes. Yeah, I think that uh, missing that will not be a big detriment for him. Yes, uh, he is going to play the full schedule that he always does uh, on clay. He may play one grass court tournament, but he normally never does. He he trains in Mallorca. Mm-hmm. And then he may either play Cincinnati or Canada and then the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. So most likely he'll play uh, uh, Canada. He loves playing there for some reason. Mm-hmm. So that's his schedule. So moving on. Djokovic and the Indian Wells uh, list. Now he is scheduled to... He is on the list to play... At Indian Wells. Mm-hmm. He is not vaccinated yet. Yeah. Are you shocked he's on the players list? Um, you know, not really. For me, we're we're local, you know, so we're here. And I am familiar with the Indian Wells Tennis Club's process. I think that if you can provide a negative COVID test, they allow you in the club or a proof of vaccination. I think those are the the two ways you can go into the club and play tennis. So I think that if things are consistent with that rule that I had heard prior about getting into the club, then I don't see why he can't play. You know, it is tricky, though, because these tournaments do have to acknowledge the previous drama of an Australian Open and try to make sure they're not stepping too far outside of the trends and the norms of what other tournaments are doing. So if they did decide they wanted to be similar to the Australian Open in what they're doing consistency wise, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, all it takes is one tournament saying we're not going to put up with this for everyone else to go. Shit, Do I want to be the first to say we are going to put up with it? Um, you know, take some balls to do that. So technically speaking, the ATP 
per se doesn't doesn't have a covid protocol yeah. what's happening is where wherever the tournament is held they have to follow those rules right the, the region yes right? so that's the problem for Djokovic mm-hmm. now here's the problem or not the problem this is actually really funny mm-hmm. so a biographer of uh, Djokovic said that once Nadal won his 22nd Grand Slam it put fire underneath Djokovic and he said that after that Djokovic told him that he was going to get vaccinated mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that it's a little here's my personal thoughts. I'm a little annoyed at that. Because if I'm Djokovic, we we said this before. You know how badly you want to break these records. You know what your motive is, you know what it takes. It's the Australian Open. If all it takes is you getting a vaccine to get out there and play some tennis, why wouldn't you just bite the bullet and say, I don't want to do this, I don't believe in this? But it's such a minute thing in the big picture of what I want to accomplish in my life. And just do it. It took you waiting until after Nadal put you behind for you to make this decision. I would have been ready to make this decision in 2020. You know, I would have went, you know what? You know, I've already got COVID and it wasn't that bad. I'm going to be fine. Let me just take this vaccine and make a run, you know, and take over the the whole Hall of Fame of tennis and become the god of tennis. Instead, he wants to, you know, be a a rebel protester, conscious. I don't really know. I'm not really sure what his MO is in regards to the vaccine. He hasn't been extremely vocal about his belief system, but I personally just know if I were in his shoes with that much at stake, I would just get the vaccine. For some of these other guys who are 120 in the world, 75 in the world, Maybe your belief system gets a priority over your accomplishments in your career because you're not a favorite to break records, you know? Uh, history's not on the line for you. So it's not as big of a deal. Djokovic, what are you doing, you know? I honestly thought that it took Nadal to win for him to finally say, okay, I'm going to do it. That's so dumb. Uh, I guess he needed to be pushed. I guess. So uh, good for him. Yeah. Moving on. Now, here's for the... Federer lovers. Federer still holds a pretty big record ahead of Djokovic and Nadal. Mm-hmm. We I, obviously there's the comparison of the goat. Mm-hmm. So here's the biggest one that Federer has. He has been in the most consecutive major finals mm-hmm. in his career. Federer has ten consecutive major finals in his career. Mm-hmm. Djokovic has eight, and Nadal has seven consecutive Mm. what are your thoughts on that stat that is that lets you know when someone was at their peak performance they were 10 consecutive finals in general is outrageous that's an incredible performance so i think that that would that just speaks to that's probably a little bit earlier in the fed era i would assume and it just speaks to his greatness you know that's a great record does he still have the most overall titles? Is that a Federer yes, record? Yes, yeah. that's another one. I yes, uh, yeah. Connors actually has the most, but Federer amongst the big three has the most. has the most. Okay, yeah. So that record is probably safe. Obviously, the other one is not as relevant with Connor having more and the other guys being in route to possibly overtake that. You know, so yeah, that finals one is going to be one of his last threads. Yes. For sure. Moving on. I'm going to say this one for last. Now, this one's a funny one. 
does Djokovic fear Stanimal? No, oh. no. Here's this is funny. So once um, Nadal broke the record, Stanimal was interviewed by Eurosport. Mm-hmm. He said that he's actually starting to train to mm-hmm. come back, mm-hmm. and he's been training hard and is and thinks he may be back this year. Mm-hmm. But he said that of the three, Djokovic is the easiest one to win, mm-hmm. to beat. That he has more wins against them, against uh, Djokovic than Federer and Nadal, mm-hmm. and that uh, Djokovic should actually fear him when he plays them in a slam. Mm-hmm. He has beaten them in two slams. Yeah, he has six wins against Djokovic, mm-hmm. and four out of the six wins have been in a slam, mm-hmm. two in the final. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with Stan Wawrinka? Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you remember what year that was, but it was the first time they met in the Australian. I want to say it was a semi, and they went five. And Djokovic got out with the skin of his teeth. He barely pulled it out. And I thought to myself, wow, I've never seen Stan play at that level. I wish he could do that all the time. And the very next year, he did it again and won. So, and, you know, that's not even counting the French and the multiple other times they've ran into each other. So... Stan Wawrinka clearly feeds off of that Djokovic ball, you know, and when you have a mind state like that, the level of confidence coming onto the court, because, you know, sometimes these big three beat players before they step on the court, you know, some players tell themselves, okay, I'm playing against the best guy in the world. You know, they're a little less motivated. They're trying to find self-belief. We've seen some of these uh, next gen guys almost play lesser than they usually play when they go against these guys or psych themselves out. Stan Wawrinka is one of the few where I think he ascends. So I really do think that Djokovic should not ever want Stan in his draw on the way to a final. I 100% agree with Stan Wawrinka. Uh, the, there is nothing that Djokovic does. Obviously, yes, Djokovic has a huge record on him. I think it's 20 and 6. Yeah. But there's nothing that he does that Stan can't handle. And as a matter of fact, he feeds off of his ball. Yeah. So... I agree with Stan 100%. Mm-hmm. Now, Medvedev has also said that out of the three, he has the easiest time with Djokovic as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just an interesting comment. Yeah. But I thought the timing of it was a little odd, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. But just to stand corrected, on the consecutive finals, Federer has 10, Djokovic has 6, and Nadal has 5. Wow, that's consecutive. More consecutive, that's, yes. That's I said 8. Mm-hmm. So, my apologies on that one. Moving on. Let's see here. Del Potro retires, or does he? Mm. Now, he said on Saturday before Buenos Aires that he came back to say goodbye, mm. not to make a return. Yeah. So, it was interesting because... He still hasn't said that he's going to, but he's been hinting that he will. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, he lost in Argentina. And then once the match was over, he put his headband on top of the net. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to play in Brazil, mm-hmm. but he said that he may, he may not. But he hasn't been concrete on whether or not he's going to retire. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Delpo? Do you think this is it? Honestly, it sounds like this is it. Um, He was crying at the end of his match. Uh, I think when he was preparing to serve to stay alive in the match, I think it was, or during his last service game. 
you know, it's an emotional path for an athlete like him, you know, who has been at the highest of the high. You know, we're talking literally there's a period where you might have called him the best tennis player on earth. And then, you know, also moments where he can't pick up a racket and play. So this is emotional for him. And I think that he's trying to just look for some vindication, some, uh, some, you know, some real satisfying closure. You know, he's looking for closure out there on the court. And I feel bad for him. I agree. For sure. Um, just in case he does, he is a, uh, his highest ranking was number three in the world. Yeah. He has a grand slam beating Nadal and Federer mm. in the semis and finals. Mm. He has a Davis Cup and he has a silver medal in the 2016 Rio Games. Mm-hmm. He has a for sure Hall of Fame record. As a matter of fact, he reminds me of Tommy Haas. He does. Tommy was injury prone. Mm. And he played during the Sampras and Federer era. Mm. And if he stayed healthy, he could have won. He could have done some damage as well. Yeah. Didn't and he reach number two at yes, some point? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Delpo, he definitely could have been on the Stan Murray mm-hmm. uh, uh, player list for yeah. sure. If he would have stayed healthy. Mm-hmm. So if he does retire, well, hopefully he uh, finds what he wants to do. But hopefully he doesn't. My... I'm soft for him. He's a good player. Yeah. Moving on. The Academy Awards listed their nominations. And uh, King Richard is nominated for quite a couple. Mm. Uh, Screenplay, original screenplay, Mm -hmm. original uh, music, uh, supporting actress, and supporting actor. Amongst more. I think there's two more. So Mm -hmm. they're up for six nominations. Okay. Uh, Do you think... Will Smith, is this the year that Will Smith finally gets an Oscar? I feel like I feel like this is one of those moments where it's almost as if they're gonna do it out of necessity more than um more than necessarily merit. Not to say he doesn't deserve it, but I think this is almost like a Leo situation where they're gonna go give the guy the damn award, you know? So I do think he's gonna get his. I really do. It's six nominations. Yeah. I uh, think it's King Richard. Yeah. I honestly think that he mimicked everything that Richard Williams did. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that he does deserve an Oscar. And mm-hmm. as you stated, it's been a long time that, that Will Smith has been acting. And mm-hmm. it is probably time for him to get an Oscar for sure. He's yeah. been nominated for Ali and mm-hmm. The Pursuit of Happiness. And it just never happened. Mm-hmm. So the last topic is going to be Andy Murray. Now, mm-hmm. before we get to him, uh, Bublik won in france beating zverev Mm -hmm. again bublik is playing peak bublik yes i'm glad you said that first right Mm -hmm. but again Mm -hmm. we're gonna i'm gonna have to get on zverev a little bit Mm -hmm. he said he was part of the new big three (laughs) uh what are your thoughts again ah zverev is showing why he's not you know he's showing exactly why he's not and it's even funnier because nadal is showing why he is who he is you know these big three guys don't really say much they don't need to they don't they let their racket do the talking and Zverev seems to like to talk more than swing the racket so it's very funny because we all know that if Zverev didn't say anything at all we'd probably talk him up for him but because he's he's such a we're the next big three. I'm one of the best on the earth. And I have an ATP World Tour final. You know, and all these little factoids and things he brings up. And then you get beat by Bublik. 
you know, who's Brian Bublik, who's who's Kyrgios Jr. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, it's puzzling. It's puzzling for me that Mr. Big Three um, just isn't playing like a Big Three so far this year. Yeah, Zverev is ridiculous. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring that up real quick. Mm-hmm. But here's the Murray story. Murray beat Bublik today mm-hmm. in uh, Rotterdam. He beat him in two straight sets. Sheesh. We did say that he is uh, better than his ranking. He did receive a wild card into Rotterdam. Mm-hmm. And he just beat the champion in, in France. Uh, do you think that Murray is playing top 20 ball? Yeah. Um, Murray, I thought Murray was playing top 20 ball this whole time. Um, I might make an argument that he's creeping in the top 15 tennis. Um, that might be my stake I want to make a claim on. And I'm not going to lie to you. Some of those balls I saw him hit in that Bublik match, he's looking like premium Murray. Some of those gets were insanity. And he's fired up and he's ready to win. So, you know, I love to see a player like Bublik who has all the shots. He's in peak form, and he's he came in with high momentum and morale, and Murray still extinguished the fire. That's a great, great sign. So him stopping the momentum to me means even more than the fact that he beat Bublik. So things are looking up for him. And unlike uh, when he beat the Georgian Bospasvili, yeah. he did his shots. His mm-hmm. lob was back. His yeah. movement was back. He didn't depend on just the movement. He was actually hitting shots. Right. So he earned it. And mm-hmm. I do believe that he is playing top 15 ball for sure. Yeah. Now, here's where the test is going to be. His next opponent, Ali Asim. Do you think he can take him? This is going to be a good test because last time they played, Murray kind of got blown off the court a little bit. Um, this will be a great test. Ali Asim is riding another wave of momentum. Uh, ATP Cup treated him very well. He looked good in the Australian Open. He looked great in the Australian yes. Open. Um, I'm excited for this. Yes. I think that this is going to be a true statement match, win or lose, for how Murray's going to proceed with the first half of this year. Right. So even if he loses, if it's best of three, maybe split sets, tiebreakers here and there, my confidence is high for Murray. Yes, Ali Asim is playing big ball right now. Yeah. And it's just the same. This is a second round match. Yeah. But hopefully Murray can get his uh, ranking high enough to where he can avoid these type of draws so early. That's the key. That's yes. going to be the key for him is not having to beat multiples of these players early on. Right. So with that, we conclude this episode. I hope you guys were entertained. ATP. You know who's got it best.